Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Dairy Pod with me, Rory MacDonald. It's that time of year again where farmers in areas where perennial ryegrass is a key part of the system are beginning to make decisions on cultivar selection for perennial pastures that will be planned to be sown this autumn. The Dairy Australia Forage Value Index is a tool designed to compare the profitability of the most popular ryegrass cultivars available on the market currently. To explain the science behind the FEI, I recently caught up with one of the key people behind its development, Professor Kevin Smith from the University of Melbourne. So I'm very pleased today to welcome Professor Kevin Smith from Melbourne University to the podcast. Um, Kevin, you're welcome along. Thank you, Rory. Yeah, so um, I suppose we'll start off, Kevin, just from a farmer's point of view. You know, why should they be interested in the Forage Value Index and what exactly is it, if you can define yeah, that? Sure. So the Forage Value Index is a tool that allows farmers to choose between ryegrass varieties based on their overall yield, which is the index, but also their yield in particular seasons across the year because obviously we want a variety that yields highly on average but we also have individual paddocks or times where we want to be trying to fill feed gaps so particularly around autumn or late spring so what the index does it tries to simplify the overall selection but provide you with the details that you need if you want to look within a specific season. Yeah, so of course, you know, dry matter production at at a given time of the year might be very important on one particular farm and on a, on a different farm in a different region, you know, that same time of year might not be quite as important for, to to have uh, that dry matter depending on the calving pattern or feed demand at that time. Correct, and that's an important point. So the way we um, bring those individual seasons into the index is we take those yield values and we adjust them based on the relative value of the feed in that season and in that region. So each of the dairy regions has its own index based on the value of feed in the dairy system in that region. And that can depend on the calving pattern. It can depend on the uh, relative cost of grain or supplementary feeds or whether it's a season where you're um, conserving fodder and um, making silage. So there's a lot of modelling that was done by the team within Agriculture Victoria to really understand that through some case study farms in each of those key dairy regions so that we get accurate average weightings to be able to say these are the relative values of grass production in those seasons yeah so so if we that probably if we strip that down a bit and try and and get it a bit easier to understand um we have um in a given cultivar for example you've created five what you call fei seasons so those five seasons are early spring late spring um summer autumn and winter so right. each one of those uh, the amount of the value of a kilogram of dry matter in each one of those seasons has been assigned a different value depending on where That's right. So um, it's a different value according to season and also regions. So obviously in regions that are further from grain growing area, just the cost of transport makes the cost of buying grain in more expensive. All of that kind of thing is accounted for. Exactly. So there's some um, really detailed farm management economics in a dairy context that underpins that. And then the team were able to use long-term feed pricing structures from Dairy Australia to make that 
estimate more robust over time rather than just any particular spot price for grain or energy yeah so just to give a kind of off the top of your head i'm not sure if you can remember like we might have um roughly speaking you know a kilogram of dry matter in the middle of spring in southwest victoria for example might be you know, you know 25 that's cents right. or something so, like that and then that equivalent kilo dry matter in in summer or in winter is quite a bit higher yeah yeah so looking on average off the top of my head so i might be a few cents out but you're looking at a kilogram of dry matter varying let's say between 20 and 40 cents yeah. across seasons and across regions and i think that's something that farmers would probably accept and be you know most farmers would be would know that a, a kilogram of dry matter in in the month of April or May is probably a lot more valuable from pasture than it is in, yes. in the middle of spring. Sure, and I guess that's one of the things that uh, over the years that we've been developing the FEI and also when it's been available online is that very often one of the first things that uh, farmers who've been actively renovating pastures say to us is that this really confirms a lot that I already knew. And on one level you think, well, maybe that's not the hugest breakthrough. But having confidence in purchasing decisions is a really important thing when you're running a business. And so um, I think that that aspect of the tool in terms of saying, if it makes sense to people who are already doing this, it shows that the background work was on track. Exactly, yeah. So then if you look at the FEI, it's pretty easy to understand, you know, in terms of adoption, Kevin, it's literally just a piece of paper that you pick up, you look at it, and it's almost like a league table of, of cultivars. Yeah, and I think if a league table is a good way to look at it, or if you're used to buying semen or bulls, you already see these kind of tables where you've got uh, an overall profit index, you might have a balanced productivity index, and then you have rankings for individual traits. So that's the same basis of the FEI, and in fact, a lot of the more mathematical parts, which I won't go into today, actually borrowed from that same kind of um, process that's used in animal industries for some time. The other thing that uh, we've done with the FEI is taken the approach of putting some coloured bars as well to just try and separate a group of the top varieties from some of the lesser performing ones. And what that can do is there is a lot of overlap between varieties. So it's not about saying there is one best variety. There's often a, a group of varieties that overlap with each other in their overall performance. So there you can make purchasing decisions based on the availability of the seed, the price of the seed, the relationship you have with the suppliers that are selling the seed. They may not have access to all the varieties. Yeah. So when you're in the position of thinking, I need to renovate now, you've just got that tool that you can see at a glance that if they say, buy this cultivar, it's very similar to the one you've asked for. You can have a look and go, yes, yes it is. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Put it on the back of the ute. Yeah, and I guess um, in terms of how it's actually presented for people who mightn't have seen the, ta the, the PDF or it's available on the Dairy Australia website for anyone who is interested in, in looking at it, just type in forage value index and it should pop up pretty easily. Um, but each, um, the FEI is actually based on the dollars per hectare, isn't it? So we start off with a, 
Vic rye or Victorian rye, which pretty much every farmer around, pasture-based farmer in Australia mm-hmm. should be familiar with. And that's given a nominal zero dollars yes. per hectare value. So could you explain how the other, other yeah. cultivars are ranked against that? Then? Yeah, so what we, what we did was say that we used a Victorian perennial ryegrass-based pasture as the base case. And we did that for a number of reasons. Obviously, it's an old variety that's been around forever that everyone knows. The other one is that by having it as the, the base case, we're not trying to benchmark everything against one particular proprietary cultivar that may not be in the market for a long time. It could be a flash in the pan. And so we've assigned Vic the value zero, not because it has and no that's on value. Every table. Yes. Yeah. So on every PDF you pick up with a forage value index, no matter what region you're in, Vic Victorian Rye yes. will have a zero. That's right. FER. And then it has a zero because it's the benchmark. Not because it has no value, but that's the benchmark value. Yeah. And that will be different in each region, but that's where it sits. Yeah. And then what we've done is adjust the additional performance of these newer varieties relative to Vic. Yeah. And so the, the size of the difference uh, is how we rank them on the table. Yeah. So. Um, so a variety that's up at 180 compared to Vic is better than one that's sitting at a plus 50 over Vic. Yeah. So that's um, dollars per hectare per year if you were to calculate it out on an it's annual an, basis. Yes, it's indicative of dollars per hectare in the model. The reason we haven't put an actual dollar figure on there is that that might not be the case on your farm exactly. Yeah. So, so that's an average. It's an average in that region. So we thought... What the tool's really about, it's not a cash flow budgeting tool, it's a variety selection Selection. tool. So we thought rather than try and confuse it of, will I get an extra $50 a hectare in this paddock this year? The main point is saying, how much better is this variety on average? In that particular region. And the reason why, as we alluded to earlier, the reason why there are a different, there's a different league table, for want of a better word, for each region is that the value of a kilo of dry matter could be quite different in Tasmania at a given point of the year to northern Victoria exactly. or to southwestern Victoria. Yeah, and, and so a lot of that, the underpinning principle is around the difference between the pasture supply curve and the animal requirement curves in those regions. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And when pasture supply exceeds animal requirements, then the value of X each extra kilo of pasture in that season is relatively low. When the availability is under animal requirements, which it very often is in our production systems in profitable dairy, then the value of each additional kilo of dry matter is very high. Is very high. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So if you if someone logs on and has a look, Kevin, at the forage value index, they'll also see. They'll see the main FEI table at the top of each PDF. Yes. And then they'll see four or five tables on five tables underneath. So just explain what they are. Yeah. So the main table on the top is really based and ranked on this overall balance of the total production and the seasonal production for the varieties. If they scroll across, the first column they'll see of numbers is that FEI or forage value index for their region. And then they'll have the actual values for the um, individual seasons. 
Now they can just use that table and look across that, or they can go down to the next table and say, I really want to spend a bit of time looking at autumn and trying to understand. Because you might be really interested in autumn pasture production yes. on your particular farm. Uh, if you had a calving yeah. pattern that was yeah. um, amenable to that type uh, of... Correct. So you can just have a look at the autumn value in, in, the head, in the main table, but you can also drill down, if you wish, to the so next just, page. It's actually the same data, but rearranged yes, in a exactly. different manner to make it a little more yep. um, easier for the reader exactly. to interpret. Because we, we understand that the way individual farmers will want to um, interact with the FEI might be different. They really might want to be coming in at the start of their variety selection and spend a bit of time understanding all the options, or they may want to be just doing this, I'm pretty comfortable with this variety, I've been using it for years, I just want to check that there's not a new variety that's nipping at its heels or getting past it. Yeah. And they'll want to spend different amounts of time depending on the question they answer. I think the other thing, Rory, that's important to mention when we're talking about the uh, tables that uh, farmers might see when they log on to the website is we also have some other information on the right-hand side of the table that gives some information about the type of endophyte that's present in the variety as tested. and. If a pasture cultivar has, um, is available in the market with different endophytes, each of those cultivar endophyte combinations is ranked separately. Okay, we, so you add the value of an endophyte yes, in a given variety. That's right. So we know that a variety with the AR1 endophyte or AR37 endophyte or the um, NEA2 endophyte may behave differently within the same variety so we think yeah. it's important to keep so for all intents and purposes they're two separate varieties exactly. in an fei and and that's how you'll see it we've also put data around whether the variety is diploid or tetraploid so again uh, if you're thinking about issues around grazing tolerance or persistence that may be important to you and we've also put data around heading date and obviously some of the variation that we see in seasonal production is related to heading dates. So early flowering varieties like Victorian tend to do very well in productivity in early spring. Yeah, so if you look at the early spring table on most regions you'll see Victorian actually at the top. Yes. So that's because it produces a lot of its dry matter in that, in that particular period. Yes, whereas it produces relatively less dry matter in those shoulder seasons and particularly late in spring or summer. So and that dry matter is valued higher in the FEI exactly. because, because it is higher in reality on a firm system. Yep. It's more exactly. valuable. So, so, um, just to, uh, before we uh, continue, Kevin, it's worth noting this is perennial pa ryegrass pastures only. I should have mentioned that at the start, yes. but that is, uh, um, that is important to note. This is only for perennial ryegrass pastures at present, and we'll come back to that a little bit later as to how we might expand that yes. to other species. Um, where does the data come from is probably a common question. Yeah, so the data comes from a couple of sources. The key source is an um, industry-wide pasture evaluation program called the Pasture Trial Network or PTN and we might use that later in the yep. podcast so that's what PTN means and that's really the central agency for coordinating pasture cultivar testing. So 
we have a data access agreement with Dairy Australia and them to use that data. We've also used some data from individual comp seed company trials or government trials when they've been run to the same protocol as yeah, the PTN That's important trials. to note, isn't it? That yeah. the, 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 there's an independence there to the to the data yes. that's included in the forage value index, which yep. separates it perhaps from, you know, commercial company exactly. trials, and 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 it should hopefully give farmers that confidence that that it isn't biased in any particular. There's no biases towards any commercial cultivar or any particular company in Correct. any case. In, yeah. In the FEI. So the the PTN and the FEI really complement each other. So. The PTN data, if again there is a website and if uh, people are interested, if they type in pasture trial network or PTN, they'll be able to see there. And their data from individual trials is pre presented. What we've done is take those individual trials, aggregated them and get the rankings according to region. But yeah. if you did want to check, has there ever been a pasture cultivar trial in a local in my local area, area then the PTN website yeah. is the place to go. That's a good point, yeah. So um, at the moment, Kevin, it's only um, based on the yield, the dry matter yield. So the rankings in the forage value index are only based on dry matter yield. But the aim for us going forward from here is to include other traits that are linked to profitability. So I can hear farmers out there saying now, look, you know, dry matter yield is important, but I, I need a pasture that persists for yes. several years, or I need pastures that are higher in quality and higher nutritive value. In, and, and that's actually valuable, and that has an economic value as well, yeah. as, well as dry matter. So can you explain how we're going to address sure. that? Sure, and um, we're absolutely aware of that. And just like uh, uh, animal production, where what we're really interested in is the lifetime production of a cow. Of course, with ryegrass, we're interested in the lifetime production of nutrients. And so by understanding seasonal yield, persistence and quality, we can understand that. And also the pattern through which the yield and quality and persistence comes in the life of a pasture. So what we're doing now with um, Dairy Australia is getting the models together that allow us to put the appropriate weightings into the index between production, persistence and quality. So at the moment, it's weighted 100% for dry matter yield because exactly. that's the only trait contributing to the yeah. index. But you know, in going forward, we're aiming to get um, trial data again from from the same kind of same sources that we have used for the yield data to to measure things like AME, yes, and metabolizable energy and and persistence of exactly. yield over several years, and then that will be given a weighting in the index. Yes, and one one of the unfortunate things is both forage nutritive characteristic data like ME or persistence is relatively more expensive to get, so we haven't had the data. So we made the decision. A while back to say let's work on yield first yeah get confidence in the model and how we've built it and then add in these new traits so yeah, it takes a bit of time and persistence in particular you know you need to measure yeah. some plots for quite a few years until you can actually have that yeah. data and have confidence that it's it's correct and good enough to yeah. to go into the model so that's correct and we've we're pretty confident now that we have the economic models in place so we're again the team in the agriculture Victoria have done a lot of work getting that together. There are a whole group of partners within the general research, seed supply and industry and dairy Australia working together now to 
assemble the data sets for um, quality and persistence. So we're working as hard as we can. And hopefully we can see from a farmer's point of view in the next maybe two or three years, hopefully there will be updates to the FEI to reflect that, that work exactly. and reflect those traits. And it'll create a more powerful index that's probably more reflective of the actual true economic value of each of cultivar. Absolutely, that's the point. And it may be that what farmers will see in the first instance as we're gaining data is that, let's say, quality comes online before persistence, they may find that there's a table about variation between quality and varieties, but because we don't have the data on every variety or enough trials, yep. It might not be in the index yet, but it's still a bit of information. It's on, it's on they the way can to use. being in there, yeah. And it's, I guess that's important too. We're trying to get useful information out to farmers on these traits as soon as we possibly can, once we have confidence in the data. Um, just one other thing that's worth mentioning, uh, Kevin. This has been really a useful piece, a useful um, talk and conversation. But um, other species, as I said earlier, it's only perennial ryegrass at present that's in the forage value index. But we are we're well aware that you know that really limits the usefulness of the index to the south southwest Victoria, Gippsland, Tasmania in the main, and mm-hmm. even northern Victoria is starting to move away sure. from perennial systems now. Um, so annual and Italian ryegrass is obviously a, um, a key species that's used in many other parts yes. of the country, and and even potentially others other species like tall fescue or, or others. Yeah. You know, could you just give a brief outline of what the plan is there? Yeah, absolutely. So with the annual and Italian ryegrasses or the short-term ryegrasses, there's a whole lot of trial data about to become available through the PTN network. So we will be working with uh, Dairy Australia this year to look at having a forage value index up and going very soon with respect to annual and Italian ryegrass. So we, we just need to get that data, do the analysis and bring the economic values in place. So it's not trivial, but we have yeah. the path in place to do it. Yeah, And of course, that, that opens up the usefulness of this index to regions like New South Wales, uh, Western Australia, yes. South Australia. And at the moment, if you look on the website, you'll see a perennial ryegrass index for the three kind of Victorian regions and Tasmania. Um, and there's no index for perennials yes. for anywhere else in the country. But the aim would be to, to spread that right out, that relevance yes. out across the entire country. Exactly. And one of the things that we've done is actually with um, the short-term ryegrasses is change the way we do the economics a little bit, which will facilitate having data that's relevant to all of Australia. So we're using some models that are a bit more like the ones used in uh, least cost feed production and that will mean that we then are able to really have data that is relevant to WA, is relevant to northern New South Wales etc. So I think that will help us get the penetration into those other dairy regions where um, to date we haven't had that sort of farm-based case study work to understand the value of a different kilogram of grass in those different regions. Yeah. And it also then makes it easier to think about bringing other species like tall fescue, phalaris, whatever, yeah. into the system. So it's a bit of a cascade of, of getting these new traits and new species into the index. but. When we started this um, journey, to use some jargon, a few years ago now, 
I think we all sitting around the table at Dairy Australia one day in Melbourne decided the best thing we could do was to get something out there yep. and then keep improving on keep it. Keep building on it every year. While we add new species and new traits rather than wait forever yep. for these things. I to think come most along. people would accept that that's, that's yep. the right way to do it because at the end of the day, you know, you know, even if the information isn't quite as detailed or as it doesn't have all the traits in it, it's still very useful. And as you said earlier, it's often in many cases just confirming what farmers are already doing yes. intuitively. Anyway, most people, they kind of know already what the better cultivars are. Yeah. Um, and, and the FEI, if you have a look at the table, you'll see cultivars that everyone yeah. recognizes towards the top of the, yeah. the ladder, which, which kind of confirms that. So I think the other thing that really has come out as a headline thing for me as a scientist who's worked in pastures for a long time and, and worked closely with the industry is that when we started this, there were people out there still that said there is no vol value in these modern pasture genetics. The FEI lot, is, is actually showing that that is not true, that the modern varieties, they may not be perfect in every way, but there is a value in the extra production that comes from those modern varieties. and Provided you manage the pasture yes, to uh, the level that's, yeah, that's, that's required. Correct. So you have to, the, the pasture has to be managed to allow it to perform and also to convert that grass into milk. No doubt about it. Yeah. But We're guess, assuming that everyone is doing that and then the index is giving the relative yeah. differences when, that, when you take care of that side exactly. of the equation. The other thing that I think the FEI has done in terms of that uh, research and, and scientist end is that it's actually a really valuable tool to be providing feedback to breeding companies about how to breed better varieties for Australia. Yeah. And I think we shouldn't, it's a longer term aspect as when we'll start to see that change. But I think I do know that the seed companies look at the FEI, look yep. at how their varieties are going and then think about well, if that's how you're valuing productivity in those different seasons, how do we breed for productivity in those seasons? In so your that regions? should eventually flow on in terms of benefits to the actual farmers. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's a really good point as well, Kevin. So thank you very much, Kevin. I think that was a really good summary of, of just, it's a, it's a project within Dairy Australia's research program and a wide range of research program, but it's something that, you know, most people hopefully that use perennial ryegrass should be able to see that it's adding uh, some good value and we would definitely encourage people if you are uh, considering sowing some perennials uh, this season in the coming autumn to to really just hop online the DA website have a quick look at the uh, at the tables uh, for your region and and maybe uh, help use that to help inform what decision you might be thinking of making yeah, absolutely and I think there are some resources also on the website if with more information as to how things have been calculated and what the background is but yeah jump on board have a look yep and definitely if you want to give any feedback to through da as to how you'd like things to be improved we'd love to hear it great yeah no thank you very much kevin thanks rory thanks for listening to this episode of dairy pod and my thanks to kevin smith for joining us remember that you can find all previous dairy pod episodes on soundcloud or on apple podcasts till next time thanks for listening